1: To the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, and welcome to the final major week of 2022. Huge lineup for you. Five days of open championship coverage. And that's just before the tournament actually tees off. We got the research show. That's today. That's what you're watching and/or listening to at the moment. We got the DraftKings picks, the bets with Feinberg, the player by player with Rick Gaiman, and then boom, live 9:15 a.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, myself, Toe Tag and Tambo, tower Tambolini in studio breaking down the weather the final picks and answering all of your questions so tune in to it all remember to smash the like button to the episode sub to mayo media network give me your winner your early lean for a winner at the old course at st andrews down in the comment section and do i have some giveaways for you this week out of the door we're going with the hundred dollar the two hundred dollar now i got two big prizes we might add some during the week but here's what you do you want to get into a draw for five hundred dollars cash money easy stuff rate and review the pat mayo experience audio podcast on spotify on apple Podcasts. you rate that five stars you leave no make something up about something you enjoy about the show twitter handle email address in that review if you've done it before there's your chance to get back into it those are ballots a lot of ballots into the giveaway there's one that's a super ballot if you do it that's all in the mayo media newsletter you can find that down in the description to go join and all of the giveaway details will be in there how you get ballots into this draw for the 500 in cash uh, i have a master's polo from augusta national size large it's black it's very nice never been open you could win that as a part of the secondary draw, and maybe we'll add some other ones throughout the course of the week if enough people go and do this play. In the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings listeners league, we got it maxed out. We need to fill it so we don't look stupid. There's no rake, so it's the best tournament on DraftKings. $15 to play, three max entry. Go hit that right now in fantasynational.com for all your research needs. That's what I'll be doing for my walkthrough: fantasynational.com/slash mayo. Get you 20% off of any of the memberships no better time hey take the annual right now you go open to open easy stuff get 20 percent off while you're at it as well joining me on the line to break this all down from the golf betting system and golf betting system podcast Steve Bamfords. it's hard to work out you are on top of time zones my friend because I was gonna have to use google for hours and you were just like no here's what the time difference is we can make this work so thank you for joining me
3: not a problem greetings how are you
1: i'm well i'm excited to be talking about my favorite major and losing money at my favorite major which i normally do because my guy constantly comes in second place at this tournament
3: yeah it can be frustrating can't it also it's, it's one of these majors it's probably in terms of all the majors the four that we've got this one tends to be the one that could be most weather affected which can clearly cause uh pain if you're in the if you're actually in the wrong half of the draw or whatever the likes of that, but that's Link's goal.
1: Well, how do you go about that? Because obviously we have to produce content and usually when I'm making content and I'm recommending a bet, I make the bet at the same time, but it would seem, unless there's a number that you really want to jump on, that the closer you can wait until first tee and to get maybe a sense of at least what the weather is going to be like on Thursday, because that's, I mean, obviously the big one is going to be the Phil Stenson year, where there was like a pocket of two hours, and if you weren't in that pocket of two hours, you had absolutely zero chance of winning that tournament.
3: Absolutely. And the, the trouble, you know, we're in a content driven age, aren't we? We need content out there as quickly as possible. So to balance that up, you know, getting the reasoned views and tips, trying to get a view of the weather, but getting your content out there in a timely manner. People don't want to be waiting until Thursday morning for, their, for, for the tips. So it's it's a balance. It, clearly for DraftKings, it works on the basis that you can reserve your spots, but, and then you can, you can leave it late in terms of the weather draw. I mean, it's pointless even really talking about detail around weather at the moment, but you know, it could be blowing 35 miles an hour on certain days, and it could be as calm as five miles an hour on other. It's 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 a lottery. It really is. And St. Andrews, so open, so exposed. Um, it's a really weather and wind-dependent golf course.
1: It does seem like, at least from the Open Championships that we've seen at the old course, that we do... I remember even the last one. Like, Dustin Johnson was way out ahead after two rounds. And I think he, like, didn't play for... 30 hours or something crazy like that and he came back to the course and nothing he had he had nothing left in the tank so we can see weather delays we can see it wind affected i think you just kind of have to take your chances and go with it don't you
3: i think yes generally um unless unless we can see something establishing itself over this weekend or some kind of weather pattern that Windfinder can deal with and handle and move forward and you can that's the thing with wind finder. I know that you use it as your weather app. You can see patterns, and they do tend to be quite accurate there. So let's see what happens. But, yeah, it's it's basically open championship betting, isn't it? Is There's that, is that, is well, that element to it.
1: Well, I mean, it's no different. Thing. Golf is, a, as Wiley always says, it's like a Keno game anyway. Now you add another unknowable element i mean i think it makes obviously for your outright bets you want to get the guys in the right side of the draw or the good weather but on DraftKings, like you mentioned the prices don't change so that's helpful you can wait till the end of the week and then if you just wanted to play six guys in the morning just blind or six guys in the afternoon blind or both then you just kind of yeah you you can hedge against the weather a little bit because most people just don't do that with the outright bets then it becomes a little bit more difficult
3: I think so. It's it's the other the other thing here at the old course is clearly you know we we all think about the seventeenth road hole the difficulty there the bunker whatever you know the the notorious bunker. But when 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 this when the weather lays down here the scoring can be remarkably low, and there is a conversation that's already being had about you know would could could this potentially be you know, one of the lowest open championship winning scores that we've ever seen. If, you know, the technology developing now, there's very little room for expansion at St. Andrews. They can't really, they can't really add length to the course. You know, is is this the year where, you know, some serious low scoring is actually had if the weather lays down this year?
1: It's interesting to think about that. And it's funny that like if the US Open, I like when it was at Aaron Hills and Brooks and a bunch of guys end up double digits under par, that everyone is outraged by the entire thing. But when they had it at Aaron Hills, it followed the very similar concept of what we see at a lot of the Open Championship Rota courses, where if the wind doesn't pick up, it's gotta be super easy. And that was like Aaron Hills. We had no yep. wind for four days. That's the primary defense of the course. So yeah if there's no wind guys are going to go low and no one seems to have a problem with it for the Open Championships. Like yeah, you could win this at 27 under or it could be plus five uh, depending on how the weather goes. So I think you need guys that can be tailored for both of those circumstances if you can see anything coming within the wind. So let's talk about the course a little bit. You kind of hit on it. There's not a ton of room for expansion at St Andrews. It's probably going to play right around 7300 yards. It is a par 72 but not in the conventional way. There's only two par fives. There's only two two par threes, which you just don't see a lot of ever.
3: <laughs> no, two par threes, two par fives. 570 is the first par five. They call that hole across the fifth. And then on the back side you've got the 14th, 614 yards. And that's cannily, cannily called long. That's a uh, long hole. So yeah, two par threes, 187, 174 so just a snidge over 7300 yards past 72 with those 14 yeah 14 par 4s the- as you say that is a setup and it's it's unique it very it's very very unique
1: and outside of like the very famous difficult holes like you mentioned like the road hole number 17 at st yep. andrews it does like when you go back and look at the look at looks look listen to me uh when you go back and look at the types of players that have played well here, there's a few trends that do stick out to me. And some of it is weather related and some of it isn't. Like the bombers are going to get substantial roll on their ball if it is a bit baked out and there hasn't been any rain and there's really good conditions. Like unless you hit it into the burn on number one, you can put it about as close as you want to put it to get into your comfort range. And that's kind of the case with a lot of these power fours. Like if you want to be one you want to be 89 yards away on your approach shot fine go blast it you want to be 113 away you can do that as well it's funny to think about John Deere in this way because John Deere is set up very similarly in terms of you can get to the spot where you want to get to on your second shot and be in your most comfortable range it feels like that's the case for a lot of these holes at St. Andrews where you just see a lot of really good wedge players unless it's 50 mile per hour winds, they can just go attack here like if you're making your putts and you're hitting your lob wedge really well you're going to have a good week
3: yeah and you know you talk about john deere classic you've got zach johnson won this back in 2015 zach johnson used to be the uh, the master with steve steve stricker around tpc deer run didn't he absolutely so i can say here's a here's a quote from here's a quote from tiger if the wind blows hitting a wedge 30 40 50 feet happens a lot the two the two years that i've played well here i've lagged putt beautifully And I've also hit the ball in the right spots. And he's had that 30 to 50 feet, uh, you know, chipping game as well. He says also three-putt avoidance because these greens here, these double greens are absolutely (laughs) huge. We're looking at greens this week. This is off the Greenskeepers fact sheet that came out yesterday. 50% fescue. They're 25% brown top bent grass. There's 10% poana in there. And there's 15 percent of local grasses so fescue with uh bent grass the predominant uh, grasses on the greens um they're looking at you're looking at rough apparently um it's going to be not that there's a lot of rough on this golf course but the rough that is there is going to be below two inches in thickness 1.65 it's being quoted at fescue and bent grass rough so not a lot of rough huge greens fescue in the main with some bent grass in them as well but yeah Three putt avoidance. I, I, I looked into this this morning. Zach Johnson actually arriving at St Andrews in 2015 was in the top 25 on PGA Tour of three putt avoidance. So I don't I don't think that's a bad stat to particularly dig dig into uh, for this tournament because these greens there there is some serious distance putting.
1: Well, we'll look into it over larger ranges during the research portion when I go to Fantasy National and look this up, but yeah. just looking at it at the moment, uh, the top 10 over the past 36 rounds in the field, well, this is at, at the Scottish at the moment, uh, most of these guys are playing, and you'll recognize some of these names. Hatton, Thomas, Cam Smith, Xander Kokrak are the top five. Obviously, Rory's not in the field, so he doesn't get included in this. Then you look at Lucas Herbert, Hideki, Mac Hughes, Patrick Cantley. Keegan Bradley then Ricky Fowler and Justin Rose follow that up as the best at three putt avoidance over the past 36 rounds but I think the biggest link that we can make to St Andrews based on the performance of a lot of these players the results of a lot of these players if you can play at Augusta National apparently you can also do very and that should make sense it's a very stacked field but big greens no rough although these half fescue greens tend not to play quite as fast as the pure bent grass at Augusta yeah.
3: No, far from it. I think the other the other thing, of course, the difference between St Andrews, the Old Course, and Augusta is. I mean, the greens at Augusta are unique, aren't they? With with the amount of contours on them, the pitch, and whatever. There are some holes, especially on the back side at St Andrews, that have got more pitch, more contours than you can actually give them credit uh, credit for. Especially if you're actually missing greens. So. I know this is something you've re- you referenced quite a few times, you know, someone like a Lucas Glover at the RBC Heritage, where he's actually taking putter from off the putting surfaces to scramble. Martin Kymer did that at the US Open that he won at Pinehurst, didn't he? There's that kind of opportunity very much at St. Andrews. So when we're talking about short game, it isn't necessarily pitching. It can be, of course, putting from off the greens. But distance of putts here, it's definitely... And three-putt avoidance, I think, is something definitely to, to take a look into. Tiger Woods 2000, Tiger Woods 2005, Louis Oosthuizen in 2010, then Zach Johnson in 2015. It does scream, absolutely scream, doesn't it, All Augusta, Augusta National across all three, all, all three of those guys?
1: And even someone like Paul Casey, who's had a lot of good runs at Augusta National, who finished yeah. second to Louis that year in 2010, uh, when Louis just played absolutely out of his mind. Uh, that was my first experience with Louis Eustace, and I was like, this guy might be the best professional. It's th- This is a weird comp. And I don't know if it can persist because Louis is such a good putter and this guy is not a very good putter and has kind of a disastrous short game, although it's improving a little bit. But I remember watching Louis for the first time hit the ball, just the smooth swing down the middle every single time. Kind of reminds me of Corey Connors.
3: Yeah, potentially. And another link into um, Augusta National, Pat. Last year's Alfred Dunnell Lynx championship winner around here. Yeah, they play... Um, it's a rotor, isn't it? It's a pro and They play two two rounds here on the on the uh, old course, thirty-six holes. Danny Willett, Danny Willett won the Alfred Dunhill last year here. So yeah, it's it it really has got um, the Masters, Augusta National, all over
1: it. I'm trying to think of some of the other guys. Brennan Grace won. I I, I always get the Alfred Dunhill rotation one mixed up with the south african one which i think has exactly the same name except for
3: yeah great grace has won that uh Tyrell hatton of course a two-time winner uh, we also had uh, the frenchman um victor perez won it a few years ago um we've also had tony female play well in it we've also has seen um, brooks brooks kepka when he was on the european tour he had a very good he, he, i think he finished third there one year so there's there's quite a lot of um of form in there let me. I'm just. Let me just have a quick look, and we can look at the list here.
1: Oh no, we got we got Thorbjorn uh, uh, Thor Olison was the winner in 2015. Lucas. Ber- uh, if you're dating- Lucas Biergaard, Lucas
3: Biergaard won there in 2018. But Terrell Hatton twice. Yeah, Torbjorn in 2015. Uh, you've got uh, uh, Brendan Grace in 2012. As you said, Martin Keimer 2010. Um, you can go right back to Patrick Padre Carrington Harrington 2006. Lee Westwood 2003. Uh, Hadroy- uh, Harrington also won it in 2002. So, yeah, but I'm also seeing names like runner-up names of that tournament, Rory McIlroy. Danny Will- won it, Willett was runner-up there before he won it last year. Tyrrell Hatton's name's all over it. Tommy Fleetwood, Brooks Koepka's been a runner-up there. So there's lots of players in this field, field that have had success, Rory McIlroy as well, at that Alfred Dunhill Lynx um, championship in, in in the fall over here in Scotland every year so that's you know that's an angle there if you're looking if you're if you're course form nothing you know there's, there's plenty of those out there
1: I, I'm even seeing like the pro-am winners like Tong won, won the pro-am uh, the year that Lucas Biergaard won and obviously we, we want to get behind uh I, I mean I don't know how much we want to get behind Tong here but he's at least back in a little bit better form he, he's looking yep. more like the player he used to be than the player who's ranked like 500th in the world now he was uh he was
3: outstanding a few weeks ago in Germany very, very impressive, and the way that he um, he finished—I don't know if you saw it—he he duffed the chip oh, yeah. on the first playoff <laughs> hole against Tom, your your friend Thomas Peters, and, uh, and then he, he holds something like a forty-footer on the way back, just to uh, to rub salt into Thomas's wounds, and then Thomas, not the greatest of putters, I think he missed like a ten-footer to take it into a second hole of extra time. But how Tong Lee, again, he's he's, and I do you do see, don't you, with these a lot of these. Um, Open Championship winners have direct form coming to their victory. Decent form. Colin Morricaro, I mean, last week, uh, last year, 40 to 1 winner, Colin Morricaro. Finished 71st at the Scottish Open the week before. But you look at the form before that, fourth at the US Open. And I think he finished in the top three at Memorial. So a third and a fourth out of his uh, three appearances before he won the actual Open itself. I think Shane Lowry had a couple of decent finishes uh, over in the States in the PGA Tour. I think he's in actually, he finished second at the RBC Canadian Open. He goes on to win the Open. So those form lines in, Frankie Molinari, didn't he? I think he was first at, at Potomac. Then he uh, finished second at the John Deere Classic, arrived 33-1, to 1, won the Open. So you do see a lot of those hot hands go on and actually take the claret jug.
1: Yeah, the Lowry form was third, eighth, second, 20th coming in. Then he wins the Open Championship, and Molinari had won. Yeah, he won it. He won it. I think it was Avonell. Yeah, at Potomac for the Quicken Loans yeah. back when it that's was right. called that. He was second at the John Deere, and I think he had won at Wentworth like six weeks before that.
3: Yeah, white hot form, thirty three to one.
1: So, so it
3: happens. It happens, and that that's a great steer for now, isn't it? Because we you know we we all know the players that are playing well right now, the players that are. You know Xander for example. Now whether you want to be backing Xander at 18 to one next week, uh, it, you know it's, it's debatable. But it's it, we might we might be able to snatch at 20 or something He's just about to win this JP McManus Pro Am by the looks of it over over in Ireland. So he's in fantastic form. Patrick cantley has been playing some great golf. Colin Morikawa was in the top five at the U.S. Open recently. The defending champion. Uh, as you said, How Tong's a winner. So you know, there's various there's various ways to look at it in terms of form horses. Both those that are going to be towards the top of the market, Rory McIlroy, of course, Scotty Scheffler,
1: but also guys that we're going to be, particularly be able to pick up at triple digits, like a How Tong Lee. How Tong would be probably the triple digit one that I'd be looking at at the moment. Although I, I'm seeing the odds right now, forty to one on Louie at DraftKings Sportsbook. I think that just he's so out of sight out of mind because people just aren't paying attention to the live tour whatsoever but he's got a pretty good run over there he's been fifth he's been eighth he's not playing bad golf albeit it's a 54 hole shotgun scramble event but a first and a second at st andrews for louis and just being so out of sight that how do you think that the live guys will do in this tournament because at the u.s open it was kind of eh but that was a more difficult course that people hadn't seen a whole lot of this one I mean we have some guys on the live tour who have some pretty substantial experience and good experience winning experience at this course i think a lot of players
3: it's been a lot of discord isn't there and you you look at the form of most of those guys that have, have gone across to live now the form just hasn't been there all year and that suggests that their mind hasn't been on the job they've been negotiating through agents are they going to make the move are they not going to make the move now that that move's done now that that's finished clearly the social media outrage the the journalism and the angles that's being pr- pushed them, that isn't over, but the actual decision is made. The discourse, the, the legal challenges, that may go through. But you may start to see now, like a Dustin Johnson, that's clearly showing some better form of late, a Louis we all, uh, You know, those kind of players, even a Patrick Reed, those players could potentially get into the mix here. It's funny, I've got a statistic here for you in terms of, just the way that we we work our predictor model and the way that we take in data if you if you look at the top coastal performers over the last five years rolling on coastal golf courses so that will include the open it will also include things like kappa the the century tournament of champions anything by the coast um we've got john rahm leads that over the last five years patrick reed is second Victor Hovland, third. Don't forget, Victor Hovland's won three times. They've all been on coastal golf courses, Puerto Rico and Mayacoba. Brooks Koepka at four, Tony Fiena at five, Phil Mickelson at six, then Rose and Xander, Cam Smith, Colin Morikawa, Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas. So those are the guys that have done the very best on the PGO Tour the last five years on coastal golf courses.
1: How much do you think that the Euro experience really plays into this? Or is that more of the Scottish Open, the Irish Open, or even back when the, you know- I know the club national en france isn't a link style course whatsoever but there does seem to be an inherent advantage in these smaller type tournaments at least we've seen historically of just random names popping up that a lot of american players don't know people who follow the dp world tour formerly the european tour are very familiar with even if we look at the scottish open from 2020 like Johannes verman is tied with justin thomas inside the top 10 and most people are like who is that guy and why is he here minwoo lee won that event aaron rye beats tommy fleetwood the year before that at the scottish open would you expect to see a few of these off the radar names primarily european tour players be there at st andrews or st andrews sort of the one that that doesn't really happen at well paul, don't forget as well we had was it paul dunn amateur 54 hole leader yeah at the, at the 2015
3: open held here at st andrews so i don't know I, I, th- I think a lot, of, a lot of it as well will depend on the weather conditions. I really do. I think this was what, you know, we were t- if we were talking about the Open 12 months ago, it would have been about experience. You must have top 10, top 20 experience at an Open to be able to win it. Then bang, Colin Morikawa, debut. Weather wasn't as bad as it was going to be forecasted. The opening few days, I think it was up to 15, 18 miles an hour. And then over the weekend, just fell away. Bang, just goes and wins the Open Championship on debut. So, I think I think if conditions are going to be relatively easy, I don't really see a huge advantage for the for the DP World uh, European Tour guys over 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 the PJ Tour guys. And clearly, there's there's a huge class difference, but I think you know there, there's definitely is an angle where you may get some uh, some some DP World Tour guys that do get into the mix. You know. Finding those particular individuals, and we, you know, it might there might be an angle in there just to look at coastal performances uh, for players, you know, either recent or over DP World to a schedule. You might be able to get some. I know that my my uh, partner in crime, Paul Williams, when it comes to links golf, he absolutely adores a guy like Matthew Southgate because when you look at Matthew Southgate, you know, very very yeah. You know, Around the globe, very little knowledge about the guy, but when you look at his expertise, it's definitely on coastal tracks and just inevitably a big price just pops up around coastal golf courses around the DP World Tour. So, you know, there are specialists out there that can just pop out and all of a sudden, who the hell's this guy in in the top six coming into Saturday?
1: i would say the the pga tour equivalent of that type of player who's actually in the field at the open championship would be aaron wise who just seemingly does his best work at coastal courses not sure why exactly looking at his game but something fits his eye not entirely sure what it is but the results have been there for him all his best results outside of the win he had at the byron nelson at that weird open track at trinity forest before they got rid of the american style lynx course as they dubbed it which I don't really think that it was i think it was exceptionally hot that week but either way that's where he's had his best performances too before i let you go do you have an early lean on a winner as of yet i like
3: colin morocara the defending champion i think patrick cantley you know he's he's, he's he's flattered to deceive in majors um but he was uh top uh, top uh what was it top 14 at the u.s open there is also this you know we we like a trend, don't we? But there is this trend in modern major majors at the moment. Going back to Bryson, he you know where people have finished in the major before they win their major. So Bryson was T five before he won the twenty twenty US Open. Hideki Matsuama, T thirteen before he won the twenty one Masters. Uh, Phil Mickelson, as you would twenty first though he was twenty first at, ma- at the Masters. Then he went and won the PGO. Then we've got Ram top ten, Morikawa top five, Thomas top ten, Matthew Fitzpatrick top five. So yeah, just take just taking that U.S. Open leaderboard. Fitzpatrick one, Scheffler, Wills Zalatoris. If if the weather forecast um, if the weather forecast isn't going to be too harsh, uh, for me, Willie Z's got to be in the team. I think wide fairways, a golf course where accuracy on strokes gained is very very key. I, I think Zalatoris will be fine around here. Matsuama was four, McElroy five, Morikawa five, Keegan Bradley seven. Then we're out to the likes of Woodland, who was top ten, uh, Power and Ram top twelve, Cantlay, Leishman top uh, top fourteen. So there's some names there to look at if, if we look if we're going to see that that trend continuing. That's something I'm going to look at. But I think my early leans: Morikawa, Cantlay, Zalatoris for me
1: it's gonna be hard to talk me off of Colin Morikawa now that you like him I like him anyway and if the number is gonna be right which if he doesn't just win the Scottish Open which I have money on Colin Morikawa at the Scottish Open I'll take that money fine and have a worse number to probably bet him at at the Open Championship but if he has a bad week at the Scottish we're gonna get a good number again on him for whatever reason out of all of the elite players no one falls down the board quicker than he does and I don't know why
3: We've got strokes gain data as well, Pat, from the last two Alfred Dunhill Links Championships played here. So we haven't got it for the Opens, but it's it's just something to pitch, isn't it? So 2019, this is for the 36 holes they played on the old course. So these are old course specific strokes gain numbers. Victor Perez won. He was 12th for driving distance that week. First for off the tee. First for approach. First for tee to green. Danny Willett last year. 315 off the tee. So fourth off the tee, 33rd, uh, in terms of distance, 33rd off the tee, fifth for approach, seventh for tee to green. So he, he was top five for approach. Pat, um, Victor Perez, not Pat Perez. Uh, Victor Perez was first for strokes gained on approach. So that, that strokes gained approach angle screams Morikawa, doesn't it? It screams Wills Alatoris. Um, Cantley can be, he's the kind of guy that can just get around a golf course, in multiple different ways either a very very hot putter or a great off the tee and, and approach game so yeah it's just you know if I was going to hone my skills or hone onto some skill sets here longer than average off the tee but as we've seen with Zach Johnson that isn't I remember 2015 vividly all we kept talking about was bombers 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 Zach Johnson wins so you know power off the tee isn't absolutely everything but I think uh longer the longer length off the tee than normal but fantastic approach play fantastic approach play and if we can get someone that's going to avoid those costly three putts as well so that three putt avoidance statistic something else to look into i think that's going to pull a good short a short list together for next week
1: well i can start pumping those numbers into fantasy national once i let you off the line and we can walk through it to see which names over time actually pop up i want to recommend that everyone go check out at bamford golf on twitter the golf betting system podcast uh for the audio version you can check out the youtube version as well steve thanks for jumping on man
3: it's been a privilege to spend time with you pat
1: well i would feel very much the same way about you thank you so much i love the content i especially love the euro content to go along with sky and tom's stuff that it's where i get most of my knowledge every single week so once again golf <laughs> betting system podcast everyone go check it out right now and at bamford golf on Twitter but the time has come fantasynational.com slash Mayo gets you 20% off any membership let's go over there let's build the stats and see what we got cooking for the Open Championship what I want to jump into first however is what we've seen at the past three Open Championships at St. Andrews. We'll open up Tiger Woods here. He's in the field already playing some of his practice rounds in Ireland with Rory Skip, the Scottish Open, and it's uh, worth noting, I'll get to it in a second, about the weather splits that blindly weather stacking might turn into a real thing this week. If you click on over to, oh, there are the giveaways, you can just go sub to the newsletter right now. You can go click on the first post that's up there, find all the giveaways, all the way to get into the ballots for the $500 giveaway the master's polo giveaway i've thrown on an annual membership to fantasy national as well you might want to skip over some of the scottish open stuff one thing i was correct about at least through day one was just checking out the weather the am wave played significantly easier than the pm wave and in the newsletter i do have the wind tower that i'm using for st andrews obviously we're too far out right now in order to really care about any of this stuff we can drag it over and see what's going on. We're a ways out. You want to do this, I mean, it starts at like 2 o'clock in the morning, probably 2.15 a.m. Eastern time will be lock for the Open Championship. I mean, right now, no wind whatsoever on Thursday. On Friday, very little. On Saturday, very little. Okay, so right now, the Open Championship looks like it might be like minus 27. But we know that weather comes out of nowhere, as I discussed with Steve about the Open Championship. And when you just take a flyover of St. Andrews, you're just going to see that it's completely exposed. So any bit of wind is going to be so impactful. So I would highly recommend going to Windfinder again, or even just going to. The newsletter, you can go to the Open Championship Wind Tower, bookmark that for later in the season. I was a bit off on my uh, I'm not completely off. I did not expect John Rom to be the highest owned. I had him down at eighth highest owned, but he was the highest owned this week. Sometimes ownership guesses uh, they're a bit tricky. So we'll click on Tiger Woods and we'll go to the open and check out the 2015 stats on Fantasy National dot com and just check out the leaderboard and see how people have done over the years. Frankly, I mean, it's not, it shouldn't be surprising, but at the Home of Golf, You have guys with a lot of staying power, although you see, like, Jordan Nybruge is up there. He was, like, never heard from again after this tournament. But generally speaking, the cream really does rise to the top at St. Andrews. Most open championships, but this one in particular. And there's the Masters crossover, like, guys with staying power who've been around for decades. So you might have to project that onto some of the younger players if you really do think that. But Zach Johnson, Louis, Leishman, Day, Jordan Spieth, they missed the playoff by just, I mean... Jordan Spieth missed that putt on the 71st hole. It was like an 8-footer for power, or else he would have been in there. And At least in the first round of the Scottish, he had those fescue greens figure it out. So always watch out for Spieth and just his magic beans at a tournament like this with Lynx-style play. So we'll dig more into the stats from this year in particular in a second, but I do want to look back at 2010 and 2005. Obviously, Louis was second in 2015. He won in 2010. And again, you can see up here, we have... Louie, Westwood, Stenson, like three guys with ultimate staying power. Westwood and Stenson, Rory, three players who have been ranked at number one in the world over the course of their career. Casey, I mean, Casey's never won a major, but another guy who's really good at Augusta National over the years. And even 10 years ago, he's still kicking. He just joined the Live Tour. Uh, so his days might be over for like high-end competitive golf, but you know, it was over a decade run for Paul Casey of uh, being like a top 25 player in the world. Goosen has two majors. You do have Robert Rock and Sean O'Hare. I mean, Watney was legit at one point point injuries got the best of them but then you start seeing some of the other names I mean Tom Lehman legend Sergio legend Sergio was even inside the top 10 in 2005 at St. Andrews as well obviously he's won at Augusta National in the past funny to see JB Holmes and Charles Schwartzel up there because when discussing the win stacks the year that Stenson and Phil ran away with it when it was just the two of them uh, JB Holmes and Charles were actually two of the players that were I think they came third and fourth that year at least they were both inside the top 10 I remember because they started offering markets that did not include Stenson or Phil going into the final day (laughs) because, you know, they were, no one was going to catch those guys. Dustin Johnson, Masters winner. Uh, he was leading after 36 holes in 2015 and then just completely fell off the face of the earth after the long delay. Kuchar, another guy with excellent Masters history. Adam Scott, obviously you know that he is a Masters champion. Kevin Na plays really well at the Masters too. Who else do we have here? Major winner Graham McDowell. I mean, Steven Gallagher. I did bet on him at the Masters one time. I think it was like the first year we did the show. Not great news for Steven Gallagher tiger dick fowler obviously he's played well in open championships in the past having a decent go at least through one round in scotland at the moment but he had one good round at jp mcmanus and then followed it up with a horrible round still came inside the top 10 at the pro-am but you, you know what i'm saying who else do we have here? Trevor Immelman, Masters winner. Uh, Martin Keimer, you know, he has a top a two-time major winner. So, like, legit names populate at St. Andrews, as we've seen. You know, Tiger, Monty, Couples, Al Thaubel, Vijay Singh, Bernhard Langer, Retief Goosen. Those are all, I mean, Monty's not a major winner, but he was second at a lot of majors. All ma- Michael Campbell is a major winner, and I believe he was in the final group with is it Savra? No, Rocco Constantino, the year that John Daly won in 1995. Michael Campbell was winning, I think, by three shots going into the final round, the year that Daly won, because uh, I was watching the highlights of it the other day, and it had Constantino, Constantine, Constantino, totally forget what the dude's name is, the Italian guy, he was hugging Michael Campbell uh, when he made that miraculous putt on the 72nd hole before he lost in the four-hole aggregate playoff to John Daly, Ogilvy major winner. Sergio Garcia, major winner. Now, obviously, at the time in 2005, Sergio was not a major winner. I don't think Jeff Ogilvie was either. was that 2000? He won the field. I think that was 2006 that he ended up winning. (coughs) Other than that, Faldo, major winner. Uh, Graham McDowell, major winner. So these guys are up there. John Daly, even. Even in 2005, he came t 15th He is a major winner. Darren Clark didn't get his until years later at the Open Championship, but still, major winner. So... It's going to be tough trying to find the sleepers this week is really what I'm getting at of, you know, maybe you can project out into the future the guys that you want to have up there. But, you know, the class is going to rise, even in the bad wind conditions. It's going to kill a couple guys who are really good. That we know. But when we just go back and look at the end of the week, it's going to be the guys that you would expect to be there. So let's take a look at the past five years. At the Open Championship. Obviously, different locations, but similar styles of courses. Uh, Port Rush was a little bit different, but even that had inclement weather as well. And it just, it's par for the course. I mean, the year that Rory won, It feels like, I think he won at like minus five or minus six. I just remember in the first round, he was the first round leader, went out and just tuned everyone uh, and then just held on the rest of the week. So you need, it's a mix of two things. I mean, the skill element of why you see so many great players at the top of Open Championship leaderboards really kind of delves into... What we're looking at in terms of being able to hold on, not turning bogeys into double bogeys or triple bogeys or pars into bogeys, like when we go back and look through the stats from 2015, we're really going to find out that, you know, double bogey avoidance was really... the linchpin and not having just complete blow-ups and finding yourself near the top of the leaderboard. I know that goes hand in hand, and that's really hard to predict, but generally speaking, better players end up doing that. That's where they salvage their rounds, and you do need the ability. It's a combo that if the weather is down, you need to take advantage and start making birdies in a hurrah because if you don't pile them up when the conditions are easy these holes aren't all that hard like i said if there's no wind if the wind projects like we just saw you know, a week out in advance which will not remain that way considering the scottish open forecast changed like five times on the 12 hours leading up to tee off uh, so check it all the way up until lock to make sure that you can squeeze out any advantage that you can get and the wind can change so frequently at a course like this and change directions that even if one side looks great play both sides honestly like if you're playing 50 lineups and you want to do like 30 a.m p.m because that's the way that it looks I would recommend 10 to 15 the other way at p.m a.m you might be lighting those you might be lighting that on fire in terms of your investment into DraftKings that week but if everything flips because if there does look be a distinctive wave advantage then everyone is going to jump on it and when i say everyone i mean like five to ten percent of the field and a lot of those people are going to be mass multi entering that so they're playing 150 lineups and they're stacking like 125 a.m p.m but to do it the other way you're really only competing with like less than one percent and we see weather change enough that the probability of the weather changing and that being the correct wave or at least it's just being equal now you have contrarian players from that wave all of a sudden, it's probably had a more than 1% chance of happening. Put it that way. God, we've just seen it way too many times. So if we look back the past five years, open championship, here's what we got going. Spieth is your best player. Has not finished outside of the top 30 in any of the past five years. Obviously, it was T4. Missed the playoff by a stroke in 2015. Stenson, Finau, Rory, Brooks, Justin Rose. Tommy Fleetwood, Webb Simpson, Xander Shoffley, Francesco Molinari. Zach Johnson, weirdly, got cut one of those years. Did not play in 2021. And his win isn't included during this overall strokes gain total. But he had three top 20s before that. So interesting to see with Zach Johnson. Obviously, he's getting up there in age, But Duke can still flick a wedge. And sometimes that's all it takes. That's all he had to do in 2015 and make that huge putt on the 72nd hole. DJ Sergio Lowry. Lowry's a really interesting one uh, when you look at the trend lines. Those are all the players who have over, just a a summation of over 20 total strokes gained on the field over the past five years. Bobby Mack is just after that in only two appearances. Two top, two appearances at the Open Championship. Robert McIntyre, two top tens at the Open Championship. Then it's like Hatton, Patrick Reed, John Rom, Danny Willett, Colin Morikawa in one appearance uh, was able to pull it out. It's funny to see like Louis Is not up there because obviously we know his track record at. I I like Louis to win this week. I'm going to wait for the odds to drop a little bit. But yeah, 2017, 2016, he missed the cut after losing in the playoff in 2015. But three top 30s after that, a T3 a year ago. Obviously, in a lot better form a year ago coming in. He has two top 10s on the live tour since he joined the live tour and a top 10 over in the DP World Tour in Germany as well. Before we jumped into everything, I really like him, especially. I'll dig into this more on the next show with Raza and Tambo. I just feel like at $8,800, that's a really good price to make Louis a very good contrarian play. Just when you look at the DraftKings pricing this week, like the other names are just so obvious. Like, if I mean, Burns, let's say he has a good week in Scotland, he's going to be very popular. Everyone's going to be off of Hovland now because he had a bad round one. And if you misses the cut people will be off (coughs) but just some of the guys in the lower tier like people will look at course history with Finau and now he's cheaper so 8400 bucks coming in Connors if he has a good week Neiman if he has a good week like we always see a lot of gravitation towards the low eights and high sevens for in majors, just because it, the the pricing is a little bit softer uh, in this regard. So, like if Homa has a good week, obviously Berger didn't play in Scotland, but he had a top ten last year at the Open Championship. Someone who has struggled at Augusta throughout the course of his career, by the way. Uh, no one's going to use Bryson. Just I mean, he's never played well at the Open Championship, and since he became big beefy, Bryson has never played well at the Masters either. No one likes him, so no one's going to use him. Uh, Connors is somewhat interesting, though. I it feels like he's a little bit overpriced at eighty two hundred dollars. Although I think that people might. Might get the net, as they say, from the early 1990s. When did Wayne's World come out? 91? Yeah, get the net. Corey Connors, $8,200. Very strong play next week. Obviously he has the master's history, which is immaculate for someone who can't chip or putt T 15 last year at the open championship. I really like him a lot at $8,200. Obviously I like Louis a lot at 88. That's where I'm going to pivot off a little bit. I would assume he's like half the ownership of Burns, maybe a third of Burns. And then everyone else in that range, like Brooks is not going to be very highly owned Fleetwood, Who knows? Hatton, who knows? A lot of that, I think, will depend on their finish at the Scottish Open when we start digging into it a little bit more. But those are the guys uh, who's been bad at the Open Championship, who's good. Obviously, all the old dudes. Billy Ho has been a train wreck at the Open Championship, which is funny because he won at Wentworth last year in england for the bmw pga championship the fled the players championship of the dp world tour but that's like a tree-lined parkland course it's not a link style course so don't conflate that with what's going to happen at the open championship you got daily higo that's only one start burns in one start he did make the cut it just didn't turn out all that great top 65 and ties make the cut in the field of 156 next week so that's different from the open from the u.s open where it was top 60 and ties top 65 this week and no mdf uh, because it is a major bryson's down on that list just trying to find guys who have played it a bunch. Bern Weisberger, uh, he's on the live tour now, but even at the Open Championship, has not really churned out very many quality results. Answer in Neiman. I'm surprised about Neiman. I actually like Neiman next week. Going to throw him on the short list at $8,000 as well. I just like any you can crank up the wind machine to 11. It just feels like Neiman has those shots, those low ball flight shots. He can cut it through the wind. We've seen him perform well in windier conditions in the past. So I mean, it's two appearances. For him trying to get like more of a, a baseline here obviously harrington has won the open championship twice uh just won the senior u.s open so maybe he's reinvigorated a little bit did have a top Ten, or top five finish, actually, at the PGA Championship last year, too. So wouldn't overlook Patty at $6,700. Feels like he's priced up a bit, weirdly enough, uh, versus some of the other options, some of the more younger players. Bunch of first-timers in the Open Championship, as you can see. Uh, Camp Smith is weirdly low on this list. Uh, never better than T20 in any of the past five years. But you know, he plays pretty well at Augusta National. Maybe St. Andrews is the course where we really need to be. Did he play? in 2015 i have no idea if he was like kicking in 2015 the first time i remember him is chambers bay so i don't know why in 2015 the open championship no he did not play in the open championship in 2015 chambers bay is really where i remember him in his like coming out party yeah there it is in 2015 surprised they didn't get into that's strange he didn't get into the Open championship with a top five at the U.S. Open. Was everything backwards then? Am I, am I taking crazy pills here? Is that is that what's happening? Let's see. He, was, they missed, he made the cut at the U.S. Open the following year. Let's see. Yeah, no, He didn't play. Was the schedule different then? No. It looks like he either like, got hurt or took a month off or something like that because he didn't play between the Travelers and the PGA Championship, which is strange. Uh, but I, it would be strange if you weren't, if you were eligible to play at St. Andrews and decided to skip it to focus on the PGA championship. Either way, uh, Cameron Smith should be pretty good, uh, for this event, Hideki, not the most success, actually, at the Open Championships over the years. You see Connors down there. That's two starts, but he does have a top 15 finish. Mixing it out, uh, Kokrak, or for sorry, Fratelli. I forgot Fratelli was in the mix last year. Two cuts made for Kokrak. He's obviously a different player at this point, even from a year ago. He's a little bit different. Ryan Fox, everyone's favorite Ryan Fox. What does the Fox say? He says three consecutive cuts made at this event at $7,100. Even if he has a bad week at the Scottish, I would still expect him to be one of the more popular plays in that range. You can see, well, Woodland's having at least a good opening round. I Again, it's almost like Neiman in a weird way that I always felt like Gary Woodland would have really made an excellent Open Championship player with the ball flight that he has, his ability to play hard course as well, and when the weather gets really bad that you can kind of jump on it. But as Tambo made the point, Gary Woodland is like the amorphous player of no matter what the course is, you can kind of make a case where it's like, oh, Bombers track. Boom, Gary Woodland time. Oh, it's really windy. Great for Gary Woodland. He can club down and use that stinger and cut it through. He's at, he's at least at, in better form at the moment than anything else. But this entire range looks kind of wonky, doesn't it? Mito, I, I could see Mito playing well at the Open Championship. But Zayden has actually had a few good runs at the Masters in the past. Um, other than that, I mean, it's won the Masters, and he's made the cut each of the past, jeez, And we saw him pop up there, too, in 2015 at the Open Championship at St. Andrews. I think that's six consecutive cuts made. It's $7,000. Again, he's another player who's just very adept at scrambling, plays better on links courses than anything else. He even won the Alfred Dunhill Championship a year ago, as Steve pointed out, with two courses, with two rounds at St. Andrews. So don't be sleeping on my boy Danny Willett. Maybe it's time for him to cash us another 150 to one major championship ticket. I don't know if I'll get there, but it'll be very nice. He's always going to be in my heart uh, when it comes to going down the road for Mr. Danny Willett. His success is always my success because even if he wins and I don't bet him, people still give me credit for it. It's a great place to be in overall. Who is down here that's actually pretty good? Zach Johnson at 65 is somewhat interesting. See how Zanotti holds up in Scotland, was good in Ireland, decent in Scotland. If he can churn out a decent week, uh, I bet him top 30. So that's probably just a losing bet. So we'll see how that ends up going. Where's our boy Tom Kim? Tom Kim bogey free round. uh, The first round at the Scottish Open. Now we got to find where Tom Kim is at. What is he priced as even in the field? There he is. $6,500. We're going to throw Jun Jun Hun, a.k.a. Tom Kim into the mix and just take a look at tom kim for a second 23rd at the u.s open missed the cut of the pga championship was top 20 at the byron nelson yeah that's a pretty good run for tom kim and started out with pretty good fire uh at least so far at the scottish open let's just take a look if he's been playing overseas at all i don't know if he has been uh maybe he has been i don't know so i'm gonna go check let's see he was yeah 23rd oh yeah he went over to the international series for the asian tour in england uh ended up coming t5 that week uh, and even before that, the Asian-Korean Tour top five. On the Asian Tour, it's a bunch of top fives before coming over. But he's a real player. He really is. And $6,500, I could see him amongst the community of people who talk about golf, look at golf stats, bet on golf. I have a feeling that Tom Kim is going to be a pretty popular selection. If that. those are the builds that you want to have this week, uh, it, it's probably unnecessary to go down to $6,500. But if you wanted to make like a Rory Spieth lineup or Scheffler and Morikawa, morikawa spieth and cameron smith some combination of these top end guys then you're going to have to drop down and take one of these 6k guys and tom kim is going to be a pretty attractive option at 6500 dollars bringing grace in the field not as of yet he can still play himself in with a good run i guess that's why he ended up joining the scottish open got the live exemption over at the scottish open and tried it out so when i was looking back at 2015 in the St. And the last time I was at St. Andrews, obviously I've been through who won three-man playoffs ZJ. If you gotta if you gotta ask how much, you can't afford it, pal. Louis Leishman, that was the playoff. Then you had Day, who's not qualified, I don't think. And then Spieth. then Nybruges, Danny Willett, obviously sixth. Uh, Justin Rose, Sergio, Adam Scott, Brooks that year, top 10. That was before Brooks really became Brooks. And oh, maybe this is a happy place for Brooks, a guy who's played Augusta pretty well when he's not injured over the years. Oh my God, Always Schneider jants. Here we go. This is the one I wanted to go to, though uh fairways gained driving distance so obviously zach loses a bunch to the field so does jordan spieth nye Brugge about breaks even sergio actually loses to the field very marginally in terms of driving distance however when you sort by driving distance and look at the top you do notice something the guys who led in driving distance that week fourth second sixth tenth tenth you'd be surprised how much driving distance matters at the Open Championship, especially if the wind ends up down. I mean, there's a reason that, I mean, Tiger's a great player. Is he, In my lifetime, there's going to be no one better, and he's, what, one of the two best players of all time. But so much of his advantage... Especially in like the late '90s, early 2000s, was just how much farther he hit the ball than everyone. Then that stopped being the case once everyone went on the Tiger plane and learned how to hit the ball a ton. But I mean, you can even see Louis that week second in driving distance, Jason Day first. You don't think of these guys necessarily as bombers anymore. But in 2015, you know they had a bit. Justin Rose had a bit more oomph in the tank. Uh, Adam Scott and. Uh, Brooke Capier is still up there. Now, it's not the end-all, be-all, because you see, like, Dillette uh, and Gary Woodland. You know, they both finished outside the top 55. They were next on the list. My boy, Dillette, he just retired. Shout-out, Graham Dillette. Love you. DJ was the 36-hole leader. Oh, my God. Steven Bowditch made the cut. Ollie is up there. So you have a bunch of... T- Grace was T20. Russell Henley was T20. And if it is windy or burnt out, you're going to get a lot more roll on that. Even Leishman uh, was up there in terms of driving distance. <coughs> So if we do a reverse sort and see how guys did uh, who lost the field in driving distance. Todd was the best one. I assume he just... I gained on the field in greens and regulation. I assumed a lot of his success was putting throughout the course of the week. Uh, but you're going to have to make it up. Like, if you're not a big hitter, you're going to have to make it up with wedges and putting in short game. Like, that's, and that's really difficult to prognosticate. One good thing about driving distance that comes into it is dark, driving distance is about the most predictable thing that you can find on the PGA Tour when we're putting this out. Whether it's, I mean, strokes gained approach, it's the most important stat. It's not the most predictable stat in the world. Some guys go, like, you want the consistent guys, and hopefully get a spike week but guys who are like mediocre with the irons can have a really great week we saw that with Danny mccarthy at the u.s open and then he went back to being Danny mccarthy again and couldn't hit his irons anymore uh, it's not as capricious as putting in terms of trying to really project it out and around the green i mean that's very dependent on the course it's very dependent on the rough as bamford pointed out earlier like you can take the texas wedge you can put off these greens if you wanted to i mean It's not for everyone, but for the really bad putters of the world or really bad chippers of the world, guys like Victor Hovland or even Martin Keimer uh, that we saw do that, as he mentioned, at Pinehurst. Anytime that you can get Martin Keimer at a course where he can putt from off the greens, his chances get significantly better because dude cannot chip to save his life see Marcus Frazier and James Morrison are up there, Anthony Wall, like guys that you wouldn't expect to be up here, they did it without distance, so obviously they ran hot doing something else throughout the course of the week, Spieth was down there, but you can see he gained on the field of fairways, he gained in good drives, he, was he number one in greens and regulation for the week? Spieth really should have won, actually Brooks was, Brooks, Louie, Ricky, Burned, Thomas Aiken, so you see where the three putt percentage is really going to start gobbling up these guys, they just weren't good at it, and maybe that's been the problem for Byrne Weisberger at the Open Championship over the is just three-putt avoidance on these giant greens where you might be putting from 125 feet is just not good. Uh, And you can see some of the other guys who pop up there who like that. I mean, Cameron Tringali wasn't really much of a problem for him around one at the Scottish Open. We'll see how that turns out. But in terms of greens and regulation, if you see high greens and regulation at the Open Championship and not near the top of the leaderboard, you can guess lag putting was a huge factor in all of that. Uh, There's 14 par fours this week. And we'll just sort by who played the Par 4s the best, Um, all the guys at the very top of the leaderboard. So we're going to really factor that in into the very rudimentary model, which I do want to get to right now. And it's not super in-depth. I'm going to try to add some to the newsletter throughout the course of the week. But I don't want to bog down this show too, too much with it. I actually already put it out, or actually I already comprised it. We'll go click on it right now. And it's a lot of the, it's a lot different than the models that I normally use. Just for St. Andrews 2020, what are we looking at here? Uh, I could probably throw in some other things as well. I'm going to ratchet down par four strokes gained by 5%. And I'm going to throw in proximity because we don't have strokes gained data like legit strokes gain data from all these years at St. Andrews. It's a lot of guesswork of where guys end up, but I'm going to guess 125 to 150 or 100 to 125. You can kind of pick your poison. You can run it both ways. You can add them both if you want to, but I'm just going to take a look at 100 to 125, actually 125 to 150, because uh, you're going to get a lot of substantial rollout on these greens. And we'll wait that at 5%. So what I have is bogey avoidance, uh, 15%. I actually did want to f- click back on that for a second. Where are we at? Birdies bogeys gained. uh, Doubles avoided. Uh, those are also all the guys at the very top of the leaderboard. <laughs> I mean, that makes a lot of sense. You're not making double bogeys. Of course, your score is going to be better. But just, it's crazy to think that like th- this is where the big separation was amongst all those guys. And there's one noticeable name missing from this list. And it's probably what ended up doing him in by the end of it. Uh, you see, Jordan Spieth was about even with the field in doubles avoided. He just made too many. Only Ollie Schneiderjans and Ash- Ashley Chesters were the only two inside of the top twelve. Who actually lost strokes to the field in doubles gained and then you'd have to go down to T30 in Jimmy or T20 T uh, 20. Uh, the guys who tied for like 29th and 28th Henley and Harrington were the two who also dropped to the field in that bogeys avoid was a bit of a you know, different one you just don't want to avoid those blow up holes but I did want to throw this up here as well because you do see the very top of the leaderboard inside top 20 I, I normally don't like putting these stats inside of a model essentially because I think that these are storytelling stats it's a lot like war in baseball. It just tells you guys that have been good. And that's the summation of the stats that go into telling you how good of a player was. It's not predictive in any sort of way you'd be like oh yeah that guy was good over this period of time this is what it equaled and bogey avoidance kind of goes into that but it does put in scrambling it does put in whatever uh so maybe we'll try to use it here i just want to use it as just to hit on the things that steve and i talked about as what we think are important and maybe you think other stuff is important and listen i'm wrong all the time you might be correct but this is one of the advantages of fantasy national is it allows you to do your research do your own research i mean that's what the internet's all about these days you do your own research for vaccines you might as well do it for Golf, right? Fantasynational.com/slash mayo to get that 20% off and go do this yourself and try to find that secret edge that isn't there. But overall, bogey avoidance 15, driving distance 20 par four gained 20%. Putting from over 25 feet, 10%. More on that in a second. Three putt avoidance, 10%. So I kind of put separated lag putting because lag putting isn't a real stat. Drew Matthews actually does have some lag putting i think he has the spectrum shot by shot data and he is working on that uh, so if you want to go hit up drew i think skylar hoke who hosts the dp world tour picks and bet show on mayo media network subscribe now by the way get that ballot i think that's five ballots into the 500 draw so you might as well do that if you're watching this or even listening to the podcast go sub on youtube help us out over there uh, but i think he has more comprehensive lag putting data i would like to see from 50 plus tell you the truth but where we get ours from ShotLink. Uh, this is just the highest category that they have. So I have to go over 25 feet. Strokes gained approach, 20% and proximity, 125 to 155%. Over the past 50 rounds, let's see who this pumps out. Maybe we have a sleeper or two. I'm going to guess, it tells us the best players have been the best players because these are pretty comprehensive stats uh, that we're getting to here in terms of like just very generic, great ones. Oh, who's that? Paul Casey, number one in approach. He hasn't played in a while, though. Uh, so the overall ranks, top 10. Thomas Scheffler-Finau, Rom Zalatoris, Sam Burns, Rory McIlroy, Shane Lowry, Xander Shoffley, and Cameron Smith. The only thing that Shane Lowry has not really been good at is right there. The proximity is still 56. It's a big field, though. You can see John Rahm has been bad from that range as well. Uh, Zala Torres has not been great from that range. But they also hit it a lot longer. So maybe they're the 100 to 125 bucket. It's not a catch-all in terms of bucket. That's just what I am happen to be using for this particular run in the model. Rory, here's what's really interesting. Not bad, like a better-than-average at putting from outside of 25 feet. Three-putt avoidance bad. 91st, not great from in close. So will that be the Achilles heel for Rory? Because he's really figured out his wedge game That was on display in Canada like no other. I'm going to continue to beat the drum on the national open swing. I mean, it's already the Rolex series on the DP World Tour. We're co-sanctioning events. Like, why don't we just bump the Canadian Open to the week after the U.S. Open? Or keep it before, add that German event in the place of the Travelers, and then you can go Canadian Open, U.S. Open, German Open, Irish Open, Scottish Open, British Open. And you can have some sort of, I know two majors are in there as well, but have some sort of mega prize for the national championship swing. That's cool. I like that. I'd be all over it because the national championship, the passion that you see on the grounds from the spectators are so awesome that I'd just be all about it. Uh, The trend lines for Shane Lowry actually work out really well. Uh, I'll get to some trends here in a second that I have rigged up for you. But the miscut at the u.s open is somewhat worrying although he was pretty good at the irish he was inside the top 10 but other than that like just look at these results coming in it's fantastic and obviously he has pretty good open championship history he has won a claret jug he's the longest reigning champion golfer of the year uh, just because, you know, the COVID year, there was no, there was no 2020 U.S. Open, but first and 12th in the last two, missed the cut back in the day at St. Andrews. and uh, He had a bad run at the Open Championship, but he's just a much better player these days. And obviously we know he's very good in the wind. It's funny that like he was so good with the putter and that's really let him down recently in Canada at the U.S. Open and in Ireland. He was one of the tops tee to green and he was one of the net low on the green with the flat stick in his hand. So here are some other guys that kind of pop up here in terms of how we're looking at the overall results. Uh, you have Keegan, Hideki, Scott, Seamus Power, number 15. Okay, that's probably the first guy down the board, although Scott is $7,700. How has Adam Scott been playing? It feels like his stats are always better than his results. Yeah, the results really haven't been there. Fourth at Genesis, fifth at the CJ Cup. That's going back to last November. 14th at the U.S. Open. That ain't bad. Memorial, that was, that was a tough scene for him. So I'm not, I'm not going to bet Adam Scott to win. Put it that way. Is what the conclusion that I'm coming to. DraftKings wise, 77. I think there are better options, but 7400 Mito at 73 rates out inside the top 20. At the same time, you have Gary Woodland at $7,100, and this doesn't include anything he's done at the Scottish Open. These numbers look pretty good, right? And this is over the 50 rounds. That's in the longer form. We can go 100 rounds. Maybe that's uh, an angle that we want to play, or you want to shrink it down to see who comes in with the hot fire recently. Maybe we'll try to look at those at the same time. Uh, We can do the rolling report and kind of really hammer down on it. Who else do we have here inside the top 50? Uh, Tong is 50th. He is $6,900. Don't mind me somehow, Tong. I know he had the great run the year. Who the hell won that year? He and Grace had the great runs uh, on the Saturday. Yeah, it was 2017. I think that's the year that Spieth won at Burkdale, beating oh, my poor Matt Kuchar bet. That poor delay in Kuchar eating the sandwich and Spieth taking 25 minutes to hit the ball and then just made every putt ever after that. But How Tong and Gray, so he has a third at the Open Championship. He's someone who's played well at majors in the past, and it does seem like well, he's gotten his game back together, just won in Munich, so we'll see how he does at the Scottish to follow it up. Uh, Hoagie and Na, I don't know how much I love those guys. The approach, especially the wedges for Na, are really good. Uh, it's a tough scene, though, with him. Rose, I mean, you're always going to get your old men who are up the, near the top, the driving distance. Funny how he came, I think he was second the year that we looked at in 2015, or inside the top five. Now he's 93rd coming into this event. But you can see the beyond 25 foot putting, very good, very good at bogey avoidance. He's one of the top 10 players in the field over the past 50 rounds from 125 to 150. That's more of his you know, good range. And he's still a pretty good scrambler, avoiding bogeys. He's 58th in the field is better than average. So, I mean, Justin Rose as an old man, I can get behind it. Why not? Uh, I'm playing Spieth next week. Nothing will talk me out of playing Spieth next week, and if he wants to shoot like 85 over, I'm going to have to live with the results. But just play Spieth at the Open. Play Spieth at Augusta. Play Spieth at the Open Championship. Those are the two things that you want to do. I don't think I'm going to get there with a bet with Spieth to win, but DraftKings-wise, I think that he's very, very solid. Uh, and he can win for sure but i don't know if i want to bet him at like 18 to 1 at this point so let's just take a look uh again on the longer term par four scoring if there's any sort of outliers there cam young's got a case of the it going bad at the moment for him he was so good uh even in the round one at the scottish he was really bad and you can see it all fell apart for him at the memorial he had this amazing run on the grow go obviously third second third of the pga championship he was right there and let's look at what happened to old cameron young at memorial it was going pretty well 67 71 73 84 84 in the final round the wheels came off for him and then he goes to the u.s open he's kind of a disaster he was a disaster in round one i mean he made he almost made one of the all-time greatest runs to make the cut at the u.s open which included a hole in one but he made like five birdies in a row with a hole in one in there and still didn't make the cut he got to the number and then the number moved on him Uh, and he's off to a cutred start at the Scottish Open so I don't know if there's anything wrong with him but his ownership will be way down on DraftKings now because all of this uh just the recent run that he's in I don't know if we want to go there but longer term the numbers do like him not great for him being in close but he has all of the other kind of key metrics that you would want to see uh, The three punt avoidance isn't all that good who else do we have from down here? Shockingly enough, the players that play the Power fours the best on the PGA Tour are the best players. Keegan keeps showing, Seamus keeps showing. There's Corey Connors. He's entered the conversation. Having any sort of putting in the modeling is going to hurt him, obviously. What else? Finau, Louie, JT Poston, and that's over 50 rounds. That's just not the past five rounds when he's been hot fire. Uh, it has been over the past 50 rounds. Burns, Mito still up there. Hovland, Rose still plays the par fours really, really well. Uh, Morikawa, Killikey. I don't know who Stephen Dodd is, but apparently he's in this field, and he has four weighted rounds going into it. So these are some of the different angles we can look at this week. If we did want to look at bogey avoidance, uh, Fitz, Lowry, Sungjae, Rory, and then Justin Thomas. Scheffler, well, wasn't so much the case round one in Scotland. Now wasn't Scotty. Kill it. Somehow Scotty Scheffler is the one killing my AMPM stacks at the Scottish Open. Uh, hopefully he can rebound in the win. Maybe that's his, more of his scene on Friday. Tony Finau, John Rahm, Seamus Power again. up. I got to add Seamus Power. Got to add him. He's just, he, he, I, I can't not listen to the numbers they're telling me. They're telling me Bizayden how as well which actually does make sense. Someone who's played, how, I know he had the one good year at Augusta National. He's someone who plays hard courses relatively well. He keeps trading like good performance with bad performances and obviously I don't know how he's going to finish at the Scottish Open. Never better than 53rd in an open championship at the masters he's made the cut all three times nothing better than t38 so yeah that makes it easy for me to just you know x players out of my player pool that's what we need to do at this point no idea where gooch is if you thought the live tour was like the Ryder cup well well welcome to the home of golf and to see how fired up people get first in three putt avoidance however but bad at putting from outside of 25 feet so uh he's not leaving it close on the longer putts but he's at least making the second putt which is kind of huge right uh but you know very up there in bogey avoidance you can tell i mean a lot of these good short putters it's funny that zalatoris is up there just how three putt avoidance 30th putting from outside 25 feet 35th it's just funny to think of he just misses a lot of five foot birdie putts is what really kills will zalatoris but uh, he is cursed. that's the one thing that we do know uh, i don't know if that will keep me off him for DraftKings, but he ain't getting my money in the outright betting market can't do it Oh, there's 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 our guy, Oliver fair Keith Mitchell. No one from the sixes is down here besides Keith Mitchell, in terms of bogey avoidance. Chris Kirk 68 is up there. How Tong 69, Mackenzie Hughes 68, Dietrich 66. Uh, but Dietrich doesn't have the full complement around. Three putt avoidance. Gooch, Thomas, Hatton, Kokrak, Shoffley, Lucas Herbert interesting with herbert i like cam so i'm gonna throw cam smith onto the list too just with the masters crossover Uh, we'll get to master stats in a second but i did want to do the rolling report for a minute just to see guys that are potentially trending up with these stats or trending down with these stats as well so rolling report custom model and we'll take a look from the past four two. 100 rounds well this loads want to recommend again you smash the like button if you sub to the newsletter you can find all of the giveaways with the rating and reviews apple podcast spotify five stars twitter handle or email address something you like about the show to get into that draw for the 500 straight cash the fantasy national membership the augusta national masters polo directly from the course those are the three big giveaways right now but we're not afraid to uh Really throw some more into the mix if enough people do it. And in the newsletter, there's the special ballot stuffer. Uh, You can just see it up there right now. Just go click on the first one that's up there. Uh, I wouldn't recommend following some of those bets from the Scottish Open, but you can find the giveaways. I mean, it's a no risk to you guys uh, in order to do it. And you'll get a match deposit on as well. So you can try it out if it's available in your state. So please help us out by going to do that. It means a lot to the show uh, by doing that particular one inside of the newsletter. Keep it secret for now. So this is the rolling report of what we're looking at here is a past 100 rounds the longest term we're going to look at thomas zalatoris xander casey hovland rom scheffler tiger colin morikawa keegan bradley that's the top 10 you got rory dj sam burns no one really outlier ish On this list, Berger is the cheapest guy inside the top 20, except for Mito Pereira. So at the bottom, you have Mito, Corey Connors. Then you have Russell Henley, who the stats always love. He's down at $7,200. But those are names that you would fully expect. I don't know what's going on with Harold Werner III. He withdrew from the Scottish Open before it began. It looks like he's going to be fine. Don't really know where his head is at or his back is at or whatever wrong with him at the moment. Uh, Woodland, even long term, is 29th on this list. Neiman is 31st. Arnoss is 33rd over the past 100 rounds. I don't think he has 100 rounds. Seamus Power is still 32nd over the past 100. He hasn't dipped below 54th in any one key metric. That is 24th. In the power rankings from the past 24 rounds, but he's been better since over the past 12, 28, past 9, 19th. So you can see Hatton's in the opposite direction. If you go from 100 down to 12th, I mean, Hatton drops to 79th. Uh, Brooks Kepka drops from 28th to 64th. Who are some other big droppers over that time? Tiger Woods, 8th to 70th. Man, that makes a lot of sense. Hovland, 5th to 45th. Everyone else is, I mean, not necessarily directly at their baseline, like Burger's at 35th, short-term, long-term, 16th if so you can find any big discrepancies too. Uh, Woodland has been worse lately, but obviously he's starting to ratchet it back up again. Had a really good U.S. Open uh, where there's no strokes gained stats, having a good Scottish Open where we don't have the stats incorporated into this yet. So you know, maybe the stats won't tell the entire story on old Gary Woodland, but long term, he looks good. He's going on the list. Boom. Another and a guy is a major winner. So that does mean something when we went back and looked at those leaderboards. Why we went and did it. Uh, Thomas Peters falls way down the list. Sung J M goes way up the list from 45th to 16. So let's look at past 12. Most recent form. And obviously, again, the US Open is not factored into this because there's no shot length strokes gain data. So you have to, that's the one problem with the shorter term stuff that at certain stats that you look at like it's incorporated into terms of driving distance and bogey avoidance but no strokes gained approach for example on things like this so some of it's included some of it's not only what we actually have the data on uh long term with it so rory is number one short term who are some big big jumpers here it's all like basically the same guys connor's goes from 20th to 10th here's one jt posting 132nd to 20th It's pretty good for JT Post. Now, a lot of that's from the Travelers and John Deere over the past. Those are five of the past 12 rounds that he's played. And he's been lights out over that time. Morikawa, you know, he's still inside the top 20 despite how poorly he's playing. So, got to watch out for that. Cameron Young actually falls down the list a little bit, which I found somewhat surprising. Who else do we have here? John Rom goes from six to 32nd. Berger, 16th to 31st. Big jumpers, Paddy Harrington, 131st to 36th. Okay. Uh, Francesco Molinari, 77th to 38th. Big follower in Victor Hovland. There's some red numbers here. Uh, here's a jumper, Justin Harding, who actually had a very good day. He's on the Live Tour now, but very good day at the Scottish Open. Open with a five under, 121 to 60th. And I know that he actually earned a repeat performance at the Masters, it was mainly based on putting that's going to be his entire game yeah so he has a 12th and a missed cut at the masters in his career pretty decent player the south african te the open uh two cuts made top 20 last year at the open championship so interesting on justin harding he's 80 dollars. you can see that bobby mack gets a little bit better over that time frame uh clark goes up tiger goes way down How Tong is about the same like in the middle of the pack Kevin Kisner getting a little bit better recently Jimmy Walker getting a little bit better recently nothing marginal these are all guys outside the top 70 in the overall rankings over the past 12 rounds if that's what we want to really focus in on well it's just been bad overall but again uh, the DP World Tour stats aren't factored into this either so for the Europeans it can be kind of a crapshoot with a lot of this stuff so that's really what I wanted to look at in terms of everything we're going to look at past 24 rounds and we're only going to look at Augusta National and try to see if there is anyone that maybe we've forgotten about that actually plays pretty well at Augusta National. So let's, let's try to find it out here. Obviously, we only have strokes gained total, and we're going to go by average just to see per year. Maybe we can find... We can Weed out some guys. Zalatoris is number one. Zalatoris, DJ Scheffler, Rom, Rory, Thomas. No big surprises. Matsuyama, Rose is still up there. Cam Smith, Speth, Finau, Connors, Morikawa, Bobby Mack, Gooch, Minwuli. Maybe Gooch is a play. People won't use him because of his stupid comments and being on the live tour, but I'm going to throw him on the tentative list of guys I want to do some more research on. So, who are some guys that'd be surprising on this list? Yeah, Leishman's been pretty good. And he came second at St. Andrews last time around. I know the form isn't really there on Leishman at the moment, but uh, maybe. Miscut, 14th at the U.S. Open. Miscut, 34th at the PGA Championship. He, least he's made the cut at all three majors. That's a start. I mean, it's not nothing. Lee Westwood, Poulter, Henley, Paul Lowry. Oh, God. When are, when are those from, like, 89 years ago? Shane Lowry. Shane Lowry has not been the best. That That is a very fair for Shane Lowry. Uh, he was good this year at the Masters. Obviously, no one was really going to catch Scheffler, but let's see where he's. Yeah, he was third at the Masters this year. That run is really impeccable. And that's what I want to close with here is trends, trend lines. And you can read all of these in, I think I'm going to include them in the Sunday newsletter. So if you just want to jump over to there, go sub to it right now, get some ballots in that draw. Uh, 2001, there were 10 qualified players to cash top 10 checks at the 2021 Open Championship. Those players were... Let's see here. Um, obviously, we have Colin Morikawa, Jordan Spieth, John Rahm, Louis and Dylon, Hot Faya Fratelli, Mackenzie Hughes, Brooks Kepka, Daniel Berger, How's Berger, Scotty Scheffler, Robert McIntyre, and Dustin Johnson. Uh, so there's 12 qualified players to cash top tens. Ten of them either had multiple top tens in their three lead-up tournaments or had Strokes gained putting in the prior event. So we're going to weed out. I mean, those are two very big things. But as a crossover, 10 of them had those things. Nine of them were top 100 in the world. in strokes gained around the green when the rough is average or longer. Now if you ever want to look at those things and there's not a lot of rough at this course, which is just kind of funny to think about, but it's just funny that that would be one that it really popped out with when we re- when I ran the back testing on a lot of this stuff. So these are just weird trends and you can do that on the left-hand side on fantasynational.com by the way, rough length, long, average, short. Whatever you want to go with the, I mean, if you hit it in the fescue, then it's going to be long, but eight of them finished inside the top 35 in DraftKings scoring for the year. Seven of them, uh, that's per event, by the way, seven of them were top 40 in greens and regulation gained coming into the event on the year. Six of them ranked better at avoiding bogeys than they did at gaining birdies, which was really interesting to think about. Five of them were top 30 in driving distance, and we already saw how important driving distance can be. Four of them ranked outside the top 100 in strokes gained off the tee. Three of them ranked inside top 20 in par 3 scoring. Two of them ranked outside the top 50 in strokes gained tee to green on weekend rounds of round 3 and round 4. And one of them was... that's This is the countdown. We go from 10 to 9 here. One of them was a top 50 in fairways gained. And obviously that guy was the winner of the event in Colin Morikawa. So Morikawa was excellent. There'll be more Morikawa stats. So the Morikawa profile going in to last year's event was kind of what we're looking for either major performance or top 10 performance coming in he doesn't have that so far this year although if he he has a top 10 at the major that's huge he has a top 10 at the masters this year already that's huge if he comes like top 10 at the scottish open then he's going to fit every trend line that we're looking for coming in but here is his lead up last year obviously he had the win in mexico uh it wasn't in mexico it was at the concession it was wgc mexico in florida but Here's his lead-in for me. He was fourth at the U.S. Open. He, was, he missed the cut. No, he, did, he made the cut at the Scottish Open That because it was a DP event. It's not included in this PGA Tour run-up, uh, but he's like T71 or something like that. But before that, you know, top 10, top 10. Coming in, U.S. Open, Memorial, T4, T2. Then he wins the Open Championship. He was having a much better year. Look at this run of irons from Colin Morikawa. It's funny that right afterwards, he wins the Open, and then he struggles with his irons for like four events. When he won the PGA Championship, I feel like it was actually... Very much the same, yeah. Uh, he got back on it a little bit easier, but the, again, it wasn't the normal Morikawa. I am awesome with my irons and gaining seven point five like per event. Like that's my, that's my floor with iron play. He's not quite back there yet, but we've seen the spikes from him, and that's really interesting. So. I mean, I love me some Colin Boracawa. You're probably not going to talk me out of it. But he had four straight top 20 finishes, uh, except for at the Scottish Open, despite losing with the putter in four of the five measured events over that stretch. Uh, Overall putting numbers are underwhelming, but he had picked up strokes in the 5-10 to foot range in the seven events prior to winning the Open. So maybe that's something we can throw in, too. That's a key range. When you're trying to avoid bogeys, making seven-foot putts, it's going to help. A lot. And he was dominating greens and regulation. He gained over five greens and regulation on the field over his previous six PGA events. Uh, we take a look at the winner profile from Shane Lowry in 2019 at Portrush. Obviously, that was a big Bombers course. It didn't work out for Rory so much. But we can take a look at his lead-in form and how that was going to work out. It was super windy that year. Uh, of the top 15 after Thursday, nine of them cashed a top 11 paycheck, so they got it to the hot start. And that twas good enough. His form this year actually kind of mimics his form. I mean, he played really well post-Masters that year, and he's just been playing well all year outside of the U.S. Open, but coming in, he had the top 10s, that great lead-in for him, a good finish at the U.S. Open, and he was kind of disastrous before that, and then, boom, all of a sudden, you get to Northern Ireland, Shane Lowry is your winner. Uh, only two of the top 55 players that week, crazily enough, were inside the top 55 in driving distance for the year coming in, but eight of them were top 50 in bogey avoidance, and only one of them was top 75 in opportunities gained for the year, which is really strange to think about. Uh, obviously, J.B. Holmes uh, sucked the life out of Brooks in the final round if you want to take the Zach Johnson profile <coughs> from 2015 so we'll go take a look at ZJ <coughs> see what his form was like coming in to 2015 let's go down here there's the win top tens in his previous two starts before the Open Championship I mean that's pretty clutch to look at, I would say like two or three, uh, that's really been one of the key indicators coming in is the recent form on these guys. And they come in hot, hot fire coming in. Uh, of the top 10 qualified players on the final leaderboard, eight of them were top 30 for the season in DraftKings points, six of them were top 50 in driving distance and outside the top 90 in fairways gained, nine of them were top 50 in birdies or better gained. six were top 25, four were top 10, eight were 45th and better in par four and par three scoring actually just coming into the week not uh, not during the week so if we just kind of let's make up a new model here extra model since we got time people want to know more about the open championship don't they who wouldn't who doesn't want to watch an hour and a half long show to start off your weekend in terms of what we can dig into here in the stats and it's funny that people actually watch the show kind of uh we'll call this uh, saint andrew's extra and try to just put in those stats to see what it tells us uh, saint Andrews. St. Andrew's Extra, Extra Gum. Chew it. What do we have here? What did I say did really well? But this is just what I do every week for my research anyway. I feel like I would just record it and continue to ramble on about everything. Do I have DraftKings points as something I can put in here? I do have DraftKings points. So DraftKings points we'll throw in. (laughs) We'll throw in Birdie or Better Gained because nine of the top 50. Did that? I said par three strokes gained. Par three was one of them. Uh, birdie or better on the field was one of them. Where are my birdie or better stats? Greens in regulation gained. Birdie or better gained. There we are. Uh, obviously driving distance was one of them as well Uh, and this is again back in 2015 this might not apply whatsoever but i think it's fun to look at as we go through it uh and if i could put a negative rating on something like fairways game that would actually kind of do it so let's just wait these 25 each obviously that's not exactly what they mean but we'll give them even distribution in this extra model and see what it actually spits out in terms of the this is uh saint andrew's extra model for trends from 2015 and just see what happens what is this past 50 or past 24 rounds here's what we have and we probably just want to look at the season so we'll go past 50 rounds and we'll just use the season at hand of 2022 so we're not going to take any extra information because that's how the information was extracted last time was directly from that so our best player is no joke scotty scheffler why does he only have four rounds because i have a national clicked on that makes a lot more sense let's go to all courses and see what this actually spits us out to uh i mean this is probably not accurate anyway but that would make it even less accurate at the same time rory is number one rory scheffler thomas shoffley zalatoris makes a lot of sense Burns, Hovland, Keegan, Homa, Neiman, Keith Mitchell. Okay, so we have a $6,000 player in there now, $6,900 for Keith Mitchell. Having a rough go in Scotland, that's okay. That's okay for Killer Keith. Does he have the trend line? That we see. And this is a good time to utilize the mixed condition model too, because you can throw a recent form into that as well. Strokes gained over the past 12 rounds or something like that. If you want to he actually, Keith Mitchell does fit the weird trend line of top tens coming into the event. That will get shaken off a little bit because he won't come top ten at the Scottish, more than likely. However, I mean, two out of three ain't bad. How's he done? I mean, he played at the PGA championship. He was T thirty four. That's not bad. It's not bad, Killer Keith. And he's missed the cut at both his Open Championships. We won't hold that against you because we didn't really look at course history all that much uh, with a lot of this stuff. So he's up there. We'll see. Maybe people will be off of him a little bit. He was relatively popular at the Scottish. Um, but I'd probably play him over Ryan Fox at this point, tell you the truth. If Fox is gonna be like triple the ownership, because I don't think people will get off of Ryan Fox if he has the bad week. Cam Young, Fitz, Cantley, all the regulars. There's Shane Lowry's inside. Russell Henley again inside the top 20. Optimizer's gonna be loving some Russell Henley next week. Justin Rose again. Man, Justin Rose. Gooch again. So it's all I like the same similar type of things that are going on. Uh, no matter how we kind of divvy up a lot of this stuff, we still have Kirk Power again, Spieth, Connors, Webb Simpson. Even in the shorter term, is doing well uh, coming into it. There's burned. He's now up there as well. Lucas Herbert. I can see it with Herbert. He's played links courses really well over the course of his career. It's like magic beansy, but. I mean, Magic Beans guys end up doing really. Mackenzie Hughes was inside the top eight last year. Cash is a nice each way on that as well, because he's the king of Magic Beans when it comes down to it. Dietrich only has twelve rounds. Weisberger has eight rounds. Ryan Fox only has six weighted rounds with a lot of this stuff. But we just know he's been on a tear on the DP World Tour, so we can kind of lean out of that a little bit. It's funny thing about Mackenzie Hughes is forty seventh by all of these rankings. Uh, that's now I'm gonna throw Mac Hughes on the list. Give my Canadians a shout out here. Sixty eight hundred dollars how has he played at the masters i feel like he was good Leashman's still inside the top 50 as well how did he play at the masters this year i feel like he made the cut he did he was 50th he's made the cut twice each of the past two years but no decent results a lot like bez in that circumstance bez also a part of team magic beans when it comes down to it wyndham clark is first in driving distance that's still only good enough to make him 55th in the overall because he's not inside the top 50 in any of the other things Birdies are better. Just take to, to take a look at it this year. Scheffler, Smith, Rory, Cam Young, Xander. Anyone that kind of weirdly pops up. Max Homa, Varner, Rose again. Man, Rose is Rose having a better year than I thought he was. I feel like he's not having a good year. Why does he keep popping up on the stats? Is it the, the putter not there? I mean, the putter's been there twice. He hasn't put it all together once. He was fourth in Canada, thirty seventh the U.S. Open. He's, he's played well at the majors. Didn't play well at the Masters. Played well at the other two majors. Top fifteen in both. So. If he can squeeze out a top 10 at the Scottish Open, he fits exactly the trend lines that we're looking for. I have no idea what his odds are, even for next week. Either way, those are the trend lines. Those are the extra models. And that's what I wanted to look at on FantasyNational.com. Once again, FantasyNational.com slash Mayo to get that 20% off any level in research, whatever you want. And that'll do it on the Pat Mayo experience. Thanks for joining us. Once again, fantasynational.com slash mayo. Get you 20% off. Big thanks to Steve Bamford for coming on the show, breaking down the trends, talking about the course. Some of the corollaries was fun stuff. And it gave me some good insight to maybe who I want to take this week. I'll be talking it out throughout the rest of the week with all of my guests. Opinions are most definitely going to change. What won't change is how you enter the giveaway draws, the rating and reviews for the audio podcast. You've done it once. You've done it 10 times. You do it again to bump your name back to the top of the list. 500 bucks to first place. A master's polo to second. Maybe we'll add on some more throughout the course of the week. You want to know the secret way to get all the ballots into the draw? Subscribe to the Mayo Media Network exclusive free newsletter that's down in the description they'll be coming out most nights during the week during the open championship then back to once a week as well smash a like on the way out sub to the channel follow me on twitter at the pme and that will do it for me i'll see you next time
2: everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium